0: Amen. Amen. Glory to the house of God. Amen. So over the years, people have asked the question, how does one have eternal life? How does one know for certain they're going to heaven? And philosophers have debated and various religious thought has debated... But on the cross of the Lord Jesus, there is a conversation that occurs. I mean, there are many things that are happening at the same time on the cross. On the cross of the Lord Jesus, there is a conversation that occurs between Jesus and a thief, a terrorist. And the conversation has to do with several things. It has to do with their life, their death, and their eternity. And so here uh, Luke gives us this account found in his gospel, Luke chapter 23, beginning with verse 39, of this conversation that Messiah is having with a terrorist, someone who's condemned to die. You see, at the cross of Jesus, that cross should have been that of Barabbas. Barabbas should have been at the center of the two thieves, but instead now it's Jesus. And now there's a conversation that's occurring between Jesus and a terrorist who's dying next to him. And we pick it up in Luke chapter 23, verse 39, it says this. And one of the criminals were hanged there, was hurling abuse at him, saying, Are you not the Christ? Well, save yourself and us. But the other answered and rebuking him, saying, Do you not even fear God, since you're under the same sentence of condemnation? And we, indeed, justly for we're receiving what we deserve. We receive what we deserve for our deeds, but this man has done nothing wrong. And he was saying, Jesus, remember me when you come under your kingdom. And he said to him, truly, I say to you, today you shall be with me in paradise. And it was now about the sixth hour, and darkness fell over the whole land until the ninth hour. The Apostle Paul, knowing this scene, knowing this reality, pens these words then in Romans chapter 10 when it comes to salvation. He says this, that if you confess with your mouth Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you shall be saved. For if the heart man believes, resulting in righteousness, and with the mouth he confesses, resulting in salvation... For the scripture says, whoever believes in him will not be disappointed. For there is no distinction between Jew and Greek. For the same Lord is Lord of all, abounding in riches for all who call upon him. For whoever will call upon the name of the Lord will be saved. And may the God who inspired these words now speak to us on this day that we call Good Friday. This moment in human history where a terrorist turns to Messiah, and finds everlasting life. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, pray now you will speak grace and truth into our lives today. May we understand, O God, the power of salvation. May we understand, O God, how salvation comes into our lives, how we can have the ironclad assurance of life everlasting in your name. Speak to us now through your word and by your spirit. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. It was almost 12 noon, and the sky was getting darker by the moment. And the Messiah was dying on a cross between two thieves, just as the Bible had foretold in Isaiah. For Isaiah, the prophet, had made it clear that Messiah would be killed, if you will. He would die among thieves. At first, both thieves were screaming insults, get us down from here. If you are the Christ, do something as they were releasing their anger, their venom, their poison. You see, they had a hatred for Rome. They had a hatred for the world. And maybe they had a hatred for everything and everyone around them. And as Jesus is being tortured on a cross, as Jesus is now hearing and seeing all the things happening, he's hearing the jeers, he's hearing the insults, People are spitting at him. People are mocking him. As Jesus hears and sees all these things, as he is dying, he cries out, Father, forgive them. They know not what they do. Father, forgive them. They know not what they do. And as these words are proclaimed, as these words go forth, something happened to the heart of one of the thieves. Something changed. Something clicked. That moment that you first came to know Jesus, when something kind of clicked, it now makes sense as to who he is. It now makes sense as to what he offers. It now makes sense, something kind of comes together. And for this thief, something changed in his heart. Something clicked as to who this person was dying next to him. And he recognized that this one was the one who made the lame to walk. This was the one who made the blind to see. This was the one who made the deaf to hear. Here's the one who made the leper whole again. This was the one that had raised the dead. He had heard of this one. His name had been throughout the land. He had heard about him. Perhaps even seen some of the things. Maybe he was in the crowd at one time when Jesus multiplies the fish and the loaves, but he knew, he knew now this was indeed the Messiah. And something clicked. The other thief continued to insult Jesus, screaming words meant to abuse him, screaming words meaning to insult him. And the thief, whose heart has now changed, he is hearing this as well, and he declared the words that Luke would record that changed everything. He declares these words. He says, do you not fear God? Since you're under the same sentence of condemnation, do you not fear God? God. That's the question I think we should ask today. Do we not fear God? See, one of the great tragedies of the human heart is the loss of respect and the loss of honor when it comes to God. I'm afraid we live in a culture where we no longer fear God. We no longer fear the God that knowing that one day we will stand before him. Knowing that one day God is the one who declares our eternity. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, when you pause for a moment and you think about eternity, where there is no time That it continues on and on and on. There is no spring break. There is no vacation moment. There is no 24 hours. It is eternity. And to know that you, me, we will be in one of two places. We will be in the glory of heaven or the condemnation of hell forever and forever. There's something inside of you. There's something inside of me that should cause us to pause. And this is what that thief was saying. Do you not fear God? For he's declaring, we'll all stand before him, knowing that God is the one who declares our eternity. And so this thief is declaring, where is your fear of God? Do you not understand, Mr. Other Thief, on the other side of Jesus? Do you not understand that we are condemned? And then he goes on to say this, and we deserve condemnation. We deserve it. He basically, for a moment, is reflecting on his life. He's reflecting on the things he has done. And he knows one thing, I am deserving condemnation. And that other thing, he goes, you are as well. We deserve condemnation. But this one between us, this Messiah, Jesus, he's done nothing wrong. He's done nothing wrong. You see, here's the point. Every follower of Jesus knows one thing. Me, you, every follower of Jesus knows one thing. And the one thing that we all know is this. The one thing that we all know is that we deserve hell. This thief then declares something. He says two things primarily. Number one, remember me. You see, he is making his requests known. He is making a personal statement. He is saying, remember me. There's something inside of this thief that knows that Jesus, the Messiah, is going to rise from the grave. He knows this is the one who brings the kingdom in. And so he says, remember me. When you come into your kingdom, he is believing the prophetic promise that Messiah will bring in the kingdom. That Jesus is the Messiah that will bring in his kingdom. That life really does continue on. That his kingdom awaits. The response of Jesus was very similar. He says, truly I say to you. He's making it personal as well. Truly I say to you. He's saying it to the thief. Today you will be with me in paradise. A personal Statement, a prophetic promise to a dying terrorist. You'll be with me, he says, in Pardee, paradise. The garden of the king, the garden of the kingdom. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, the apostle Paul says, I cannot explain it. I, does not, I has not seen nor has ear heard the great things that God has prepared for those who love Him, but just know this, it is paradise. It is the garden of the king. It is unlike anything you've ever known or seen before. This thief, who believed in Messiah for eternal life, changed everything. In other words, this moment where this terrace is believing in Jesus for everlasting life and this moment that this terrace is hearing from Messiah that today you'll be with me in paradise, this moment shatters the theology and the belief that works can save you. This moment shatters the belief that works can save you. What do I mean by that? I talk to lots of folks about life and death. I get lots of questions about eternity is there life beyond the grave? And if so, how do I get there? And sometimes I'll ask people, what are you counting on? And I hear all sorts of things like I try to be a good person. You know, I try to keep the commandments. Well, good luck with that. I, I try to I pay my taxes on time. I, I was a good dad. I, I was a good wife. I, I, I put up with him. And surely there's something up there for me. We've all heard that one, right? That's not how you get to heaven. The word of God makes it clear, you're saved by grace through faith. And that's exactly what is happening here. Works cannot save you, religion cannot save you. There's nothing you can do that can save you. This event reminds us that we are saved by grace through faith, in Messiah God doing for us what we cannot do for ourselves that believing in Jesus really is enough he said those words himself on a cross it is finished it's finished everything needed for salvation everything needed for forgiveness is done that believing in Jesus is enough That our response to him, our belief in him, confessing him as Lord, believing in our heart God raised him from the dead is really all we can, quote unquote, do. But it begins with knowing that our sin brings condemnation. I don't know about you, but I've forgotten ninety nine point nine 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 percent of all the things I know I have done to offend God. But God hasn't forgotten. But what he has done, he has forgiven. He has taken my sin as far as the east is from the west. He's buried my sin, if you will, in the deepest of oceans. He has forgiven me of anything and everything, not because I'm such a good guy, because I'm not, but because he is an amazing savior. But I know one thing, that my sin would separate me from God forever if Jesus had never shown up. None of that, number two, I know that I deserved it. I know I deserve it. Number three, I fear what that meant. I feared what that meant, to be separated from God forever. And that fear, as the song Amazing Grace says, that fear turned me, brought me to Jesus. Turning to Jesus, trusting in him for everlasting life is what brings the hope and the healing. It's what brings the confidence and the assurance It's what brings the joy and the blessing to the human heart. And I love that song, Amazing Grace. It was fear that taught, it was grace that taught my heart to fear. That grace is so amazing. Ladies and gentlemen, this gift that that terrorist received can be your gift as well. Just like him, all we can do is turn to Messiah and say, remember me, I trust in you, I believe in you, save me. And the word of God says, whoever calls upon his name will be saved. Whoever you are, whatever you've done, however bad it's been, doesn't matter. Whosoever calls upon his name will be saved. And that happened on a Friday on the Jewish calendar on Passover on a day that we call good, on a day that terrorists, a terrorist found grace, and he found grace because he trusted the Messiah for everlasting life. And here's the point, and here's the takeaway. What happened to him can happen to you. What happened to him can happen to you, which is why we call this day Good Friday. This is the good news of great joy that the angel first declared some 33 years prior to this moment, the good news of great joy for all people for unto you is born this day in the city of David, the Savior, Christ, the Messiah, the Lord. And on this day, 33 years later, after the birth of Messiah, Jesus dies in our place, buried on unleavened bread the next day and rises again on first fruits, just as the Bible foretold. And as he goes into paradise on that day that he dies, a thief, a terrorist who believed went into paradise with him. May we pray. Heavenly Father, pray your blessings upon us. Oh, Lord God, we thank you for this moment. We thank you for what it means. We thank you for this day and what happened, Father, on an old rugged cross. We ask now that our hearts, Father, turn to you. Renew our faith and our hope and our love and what you've done for us. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Just some closing instructions. You don't have to get wet again. <laughs> Go out these doors, take a left. Uh, Nathan and Mark and Stephen will direct you. You can go down the hallway and there's a way to get into our Family Life Center. Uh, We're going to have our blessing in just a few moments here in the sanctuary for our food. Uh, Please, please, please eat as much as you want. I think we're going to have plenty. And uh, again, maybe even take some home to family and friends. uh, Bless them as well. And again, I'm so grateful y'all came out today to make this day, this Good Friday, so very, very special. Let's stand for our closing prayer and for our blessing. And Heavenly Father, we thank you, Father, for this time. We thank you for this day and what it means. And God, I thank you for this body of believers who are here this day just to worship you and just to sing praises to your name and to hear your word. And God, to be reminded of your grace and truth. And God, we give you thanks as we break bread together. We give you thanks for for the food that you provide. For you are the King of heaven who provides for his people who gives abundantly and graciously. So Lord God, as we break bread together, we give you thanks and praise for all those of God who have made this moment possible, for all those of God who are serving you and serving your people. Lord God, we thank you for them. As we break bread, we thank you for our food, our family, our fellowship. As we pray all these things in Jesus' name. And everyone said, amen. amen. Pray, give giving praise and glory in the house of God.